Hello and welcome to the 84 Million Podcast. Happy 2024. This is the first episode of the year. And uh, we're very excited about our guest today, uh, episode 13, interview with Mr. Charlie Lee. Um, so Charlie's with us. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Indeed, glad to have you. And while we, we think probably most of our folks are familiar with you, uh, for the few that aren't, I do want to supply an introduction uh, as you're deserving of one here. Um, let's see, what do we say about Charlie? Charlie was born on the Ivory Coast and moved to the United States when he was 13. He studied and obtained computer science degrees from MIT in 2000 and was a developer from, or sorry, for Chrome OS at Google. Uh, as an early adopter of Bitcoin, Charlie created Litecoin to, quote, create an alternative cryptocurrency similar to Bitcoin, a coin that is the silver to Bitcoin's gold. And of course, that's a quote uh, straight from the Bitcoin talk forum from October 9th, 2011. Litecoin, a uh, light version of Bitcoin launched, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, Charlie left his career at Google to join the early crypto startup Coinbase as director of engineering, um, a position he held until 2017. Today, Charlie sits as director of the Litecoin Foundation, um, a Singapore-based nonprofit organization that exists to promote Litecoin adoption. He can be found on X at Satoshi Light. Thanks for the long introduction. <laughs> yeah, some of it was borrowed. We have some information about you. Um, but yes, I'm glad to, to have offered you that introduction. Um, it's an honor to have you on the show, sir. I'm glad that you're able to kind of help us with this podcast episode and launch our new year. It's kind of funny. Our first episode last year, which is nearly a year ago, was with, of course, David Burkett. He was our first episode. So um, it's, it's amazing having you on the show. So we'll go right into it. Um, I kind of want to go chronologically here. We'll, we'll kind of generally look at Bitcoin and Litecoin and kind of your experience over the years. You're an OG. So um, um, how does that sound with you? Sure. And then the end, we do have a few questions that we got from um, the community. Um, so very good. So um, you were an early adopter of Bitcoin, uh, which launched in a tumultuous era in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis and with an environment of inflation, quantitative easing policies at the Fed. Um, and of course, per the Bitcoin Genesis block, there were bailouts in London, of course, Chancellor on the brink of bailouts. Uh, can you reflect on your feelings towards these events at the time? Were these macroeconomic issues what led you to discover Bitcoin? Um, I guess these events happened in like 2008, 2009. Um, I was, I was kind of very disappointed with, with what happened with the bank bailouts and just the kind of just people not having control over their own money. Um, and I wouldn't say it led to my discovery of Bitcoin because it I discovered Bitcoin in, uh, 2011. So a couple of years after that. Um, but it kind of reinforced why Bitcoin is such a game changer. Like just having, having a monetary policy that is, that is kind of set in stone where no company or governments or anyone can kind of change it, devalue your money without your permission. Um, and just having kind of financial privacy and just having control of your money is is such an important concept that when I found out about Bitcoin, it really resonated with me and I saw the, the potential of it like pretty much immediately. 
And that was one of my questions that I had. I, I have written down, what were your thoughts initially? Were you skeptical or did you immediately buy in? So it sounds like you were immediately convinced this is uh, very significant technology. Uh, yeah, just uh, also because I kind of understood um, um, the, the code base. I was able to kind of take a look at the code to see what how, how it works um, and just realize that it's, it's groundbreaking. It's something that is um, that is really different um, from what we previously had, and probably like the best money that we've ever, as a, as society has ever had or created. Right. Better than gold. Better than silver. But yeah, better than gold. Better than obviously better than fiat currency. Um, it's it's. I saw it as something very similar to gold, where the supply is fixed. Um, and people can't control, um, I mean, they can mine it just like Bitcoin. You, you mine Bitcoin over time. Um, yeah, it's very similar, but except it's, it's in the electric electronic form and you can send it. There's no, there's no cost to holding it. It's not heavy. Um, and you can immediately send it across the world without, um, pretty much instantly and with low fees. Yeah, and it's precisely fixed, right? Instead of a, you know, we're we're going to discover new gold in time, but at one point in the future, there won't be any more Bitcoin to mine. Um, yeah, so there's that, no Bitcoin on an asteroid. There's no Bitcoin, indeed, no Bitcoin on an asteroid. Don't go yeah. looking for any of that. Um, in terms of the early Bitcoin community, what did that look like in the earliest days when you were involved? Was it mostly like libertarian? So I where were these people gathering meetups in person and message boards? Yeah, I, I got into Bitcoin in um, early 2011. Um, back then Satoshi already, already left. Um, so he wasn't around the early people. I mean, I would say the community was like a few hundred people. Um, and we all like post on the message boards. So the, um, Bitcoin talk uh, forum was like pretty much the one and only place where people talk about Bitcoin. Um, yeah, Twitter wasn't wasn't popular back then. Reddit, maybe a little bit of Reddit, um, but it was mostly Bitcoin talk forum. Um, and then there were meetups and um, and conferences. One of the first conference in 2011, I think it was like June 2011, happened in New York. Um, pretty much everyone in the Bitcoin space went there. Like I would say like 90% of people who were into Bitcoin went to that conference. Um, and I was there too. Um, yeah, meetups are all over the place, but pretty small, like compared to today. I remember early on, um, I kind of discovered Bitcoin through, um, the Ron Paul campaign once upon a time. And, um, you know, there mm -hmm. were some folks in the phone banking and uh, different individuals that actually ended up going over to New York and setting some of those things up. Um, I wasn't convinced back then uh, at the time because I was like, oh, I don't know about this. It's cool. But, you know, I, it took me a little while to come around. But I remember there were there were also the Bitcoin faucets. You know, anybody could go get some Bitcoin for free. And I'm wondering <laughs> what's the state of that anymore? You know, I don't. Are there any faucets left? That aren't scams. I'm sure there are some faucets that left. That aren't scams. Um, <laughs> But it's it's much harder today to have a Bitcoin faucet because the fees are are high. So, yeah, 
you would yeah you wouldn't be able to send a small amount of bitcoin without incurring like a, a big fee um yeah i don't remember what's the largest amount of bitcoin i got from a faucet i think it was 0.1 bitcoin maybe a little bit more i don't remember fractional yeah yeah i remember i that. mean still it's a lot of money today but yeah it is and it was like that's it, it was it was you know those around then that had the faith in it again it took me a while it sounds like you were immediately convinced um you know it's being proven day by day and we'll get into that as we we continue our conversation um kind of i was immediately convinced but um it took me a while to actually get into bitcoin because when i first read about it um i printed out the white paper and i put it on my desk like put it aside as something that i should look at it later mm -hmm. or as soon as I can and took me a few, maybe a couple of months before I actually picked it up and read it. Mm -hmm. And then once I read it, I'm like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, so it took me a, a couple, a couple of months before I got into it. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Do you still have the copy printed somewhere? I do. It's still somewhere. It's still somewhere. Very good. Very good. Yeah. We'll go a little bit into your, your, your sibling. Um, uh, I know Bobby, um, uh, you know, some listeners may not be aware that you're the brother of Bobby Lee. He's the man behind Ballet Crypto. Uh, they've made some really neat wallets for the foundation, I believe, in the past for summits. And uh, they did the recent uh, fundraiser with the silver cards. Super neat. Um, pretty cool wallet technology. Um, but he also wrote a book called The Promise of Bitcoin. So obviously, Charlie knows about Bitcoin. Bobby knows about Bitcoin. Who discovered it first? Was it you or was it Bobby? Uh, I did. Um he um so i mean once i when i discovered it, i immediately told him about it he was he was a lot more skeptical um kind of like you it took him a while for him to kind of really dive in and um he's more more well known to be um the ceo of btc china or btcc um so he uh co-founded btc china back then in i think i would say 2013 2013 or so yeah and it was one of the largest bitcoin exchanges in the world at that time wow. um yeah and they did really well and he um unfortunately due to the situation in china he had to shut the company down and and then started ballet um soon after that hmm. so he's been doing a lot in this space also yes he has um i haven't followed too much of the geopolitical issues of China as of late. I know it's been bad enough here in the United States lately, um, you know, unfortunately, and God willing that changes. But I know there were several bans and, you know, a lot of different things in China going on over the years with, with Bitcoin and mining, et cetera. So, uh, well, we're glad to have them in ballet. Um, very cool products there. Um, how did, now we're moving kind of towards Litecoin because you were on Bitcoin Talk. That was a Bitcoin forum. Bitcoiners talking about Bitcoin and perhaps other ideas at the time. Um, how did the Bitcoin community respond to your announcement about the launch of Litecoin? Um, so Litecoin is was not the first alternative coin to, to Bitcoin. Most people thought it was. Um, back then when I launched Litecoin, there were about 10 or so other coins already um, launched. So people were experimenting with um, with altcoins back then. So like Namecoin, I would say is the first um, altcoin to Bitcoin. Um, there were a ton of other coins out there. So um, 
I would say the community reacted um, pretty positively to to Litecoin. I mean, there's always um, people who who hate on like uh, altcoins in general um, and just want to focus on Bitcoin. Um, but I would say most people were pretty positive to uh, to the announcement as something that's alternative Bitcoin, something that's um, that can still be CPU mined. So in 2011, Bitcoin has already moved on to GPU mining. Um, it was no longer efficient, profitable to CPU mine Bitcoin. So being able to um, CPU mine a coin is always uh, very cool, where you can just leave your client um, Litecoin core running on your computer and it will slowly um, find blocks over time and you'll get 50 Litecoins every, depending on the power of your computer, every every few days or so. Um, and that's always very cool to kind of run a miner yourself, help secure the network and earn some coins along the way. Um, but yeah, so the the community was was pretty positive. Very neat. So mining took off from day one. You were one of however many were following your announcements because you released it uh, fairly. Um, so miners just, everybody started spinning up. Was it in the node? Or was it uh, yeah. other software outside of the node? Really, the node itself <clears throat> is the miner. Wow. Yeah, the um, it's part of the original Bitcoin code where you can turn on and off the mining for for Bitcoin Core, right? Wow. So um, I believe that code has long since been removed from from Bitcoin Core and even from Litecoin Core. Wow. Running a node and getting rewards almost kind of sort of sounds like a proof of stake. I know it's not. It's proof of work. But just that you're in the wallet and it's doing everything there with any sort of no accessories, et cetera, you know, and it kind of needed for that. Um, but it's, of course, it's that's u- what, using um, the computer that's itself. That's what Satoshi originally kind of visioned where mm-hmm. everybody using it would be a miner. Right? It kind of, I'm not sure if he predicted that it would become, mining would become a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I remember correctly in the white paper, it specifically said like everyone would be a miner, right? Every node would be a miner. Um, yeah. And things have kind of morphed into the situation today where we have specific nodes that are more efficient for mining, like ASICs, right? That are mining Bitcoin and Litecoin. And we have people using nodes, uh, user nodes that are not mining, but they're, they're enforcing that the blocks are um, are good, right? So it's kind of the two kind two tasks kind of separated, but it still it still functions very well. Hmm. Yeah, those days are long gone. Uh, certainly has changed uh, over the years. Um, going to the launch of Litecoin, I know you made it a point to launch it fairly. Can you describe how the launch of Litecoin was different from other cryptocurrencies of the time, uh, even Bitcoin? Um, yeah, so um, other altcoins launched uh, in manners that I would I think it's unfair to to pe- to the public. Where a few things that that are unfair, like a pre mine, for example, some coins have like let's say like seven million coins that are pre mined, where the the creator has control of those seven million coins and he can sell or do whatever he wants with it once the coin becomes successful. So that would make the coin unfair, right? So Litecoin and Bitcoin have no pre-mine. 
Um, other things are like some coins are launched um, stealthily where they um, the, it's launched to friends and family initially where they would just be mining the initial coins and then before before it was publicly announced. So you would have a lot of coins that are they're not they're not pre-mined, right? They're they're mined after the launch of the of the Genesis block, but it's not really launched publicly, mm. right? So um, that would be unfair. Um, and then some coins are launched with only Windows clients, so only people on Windows would be able to use it initially. In the Linux and Mac clients, don't come until much later, so uh, that makes it not fair. So I try to address all of that with, with the launch of Litecoin where there's no pre-mine. I've released the software like ahead of time so people can download, check to make sure there's nothing wrong with it. First of all, uh, compile it themselves, um, mine on testnet before the actual launch. And then um, I even let people vote on the date and time or specifically the time of the launch because we have people all over the world. So the time of launch happened to be like, I think like 9 p.m. Um, my time, which is what people voted on. And granted, there weren't that many people. So the it's not like there's millions of votes. I think mm -hmm. there's like maybe 100 votes or 200 votes. Um, but I, I launched it whenever people wanted me to launch it at. And then also at the exact launch time, I, I released, um, I think it was like two number, two code that kind of uh, encoded the Genesis block. So all they had to do was change the configuration, restart their node, and their node would start mining blocks. So it made it very simple for people to like kind of get in at the start right away. So once I launched the two, I released the two numbers. Um, there were like hundreds of people, maybe even thousands mining Litecoin at the start. Wow. So yeah, so I tried to make it as fair as possible. That's impressive and uh, intentional. And uh, yeah. now it seems especially wise. I mean, Litecoin is going on its, I believe, 13th year this October. Um, mm -hmm. And it's to some degree been acknowledged um, by governments around the world. Um, and now with the U.S. government, you know, especially the SEC going after certain crypto projects as securities, this fair launch to me seems very positive for Litecoin, um, you know, this, uh, the DNA of Litecoin is not like the DNA of others or many in the crypto space that, that were unfairly launched, for example. So not only does it have staying power from the, from the beginning, there were no, you know, special interests or special parties with, with advantages. Did you have regulators in mind at all when launching Litecoin? <laughs> not at all. I mean, I, I, it was a kind of a fun side project I worked on. I was at Google at the time, so it was just something on the side. Um, I didn't expect it to take off the way it did. Um, and I would say one of the reasons why it took off is because of the fair launch. Mm -hmm. The fact that the um, it was everyone had equal access to it. Um, it was a CPU mineable coin, and um, and myself as the creator did not have any advantage in. I would say prov provably so, did not have any advantage over anyone else. Um, so you you asked like how it compares to Bitcoin. So even Bitcoin had 
I think Bitcoin's launch was really fair, but because Bitcoin had a much smaller like community when it first launched for like a long time, right? So it was Satoshi mined like most of the coins himself mm -hmm. for a long time, right? That's why <clears throat> people say that Satoshi has a million over a million Bitcoins. It's because right. he was the main one mining and protecting the network for I think like over a year. Wow. <clears throat> um, and um, and the other difference between Bitcoin and Litecoin is that for Litecoin, I'm still around. So there's still, um, for better or worse, there's still, the creator is still around. So there's still kind of someone who is kind of in control, but not really, right? It's still it's still a decentralized coin, but because people respect me and, and I'm the creator, they would listen to like my kind of my vision and my direction of the coin. Whereas with Bitcoin, um, since Satoshi is not around, I mean, you obviously have people claim to be Satoshi, which who's not um, leading people the wrong way, but there's a lot more kind of infighting um, between groups. And it's kind of, it's hard, it's hard to say which, which is better, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's two different kind of situations going on. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Satoshi will ever move his uh, Bitcoin? No, I don't think so. It's probably um, there forever. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think he would. He would move it or sell it if he's still alive. That is, it's mm -hmm. very possible he's he's no longer around. Um. Did yeah. you did you ever speculate who it may be? This may be beyond the scope of this conversation. I'm just off the cuff asking you. Um. I honestly have no idea. Um, I didn't know like the the people um, in the kind of in that in that space very well, mm -hmm. so I don't really know the the players or who who's who's likely to be Satoshi. Um, it could be a group of people. Yeah, yeah. Different opinions on that one. Um, Bitcoin has been recognized recently as a digital commodity. Uh, this was reconfirmed concurrently with the SEC recently greenlighting uh, 11 different ETFs. Uh, Gary Gensler, the SEC chair, had uh, in the past stated that Litecoin is a commodity on video. We have videos of this. Um, do you believe the official U.S. government uh, opinion will soon have a consensus around Litecoin being a commodity? Digital commodity? Um, I, I mean, I think so. But it's also very likely that they won't give an opinion, right? So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think SEC wants everything to be a security so that they have jurisdiction over it. So, um, yeah, in the, in the end, it doesn't matter that much. I mean, everyone, it's pretty obvious to everyone that Litecoin is, is a decentralized cryptocurrency, just like Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is a commodity, Litecoin is a commodity also. Yeah. I think I saw somebody write recently, like the approval of a Bitcoin uh, ETF on its merits basically makes it nearly impossible to de deny a Litecoin ETF on the same merits. Uh, but more will be revealed on that. Um, Bitcoin's got all the attention currently with the kind of traditional financial instruments and uh, funds and things like this. And if I could rabbit trail there just a little bit, um, what are your thoughts on the recent Bitcoin ETFs? Again, there's a lot of opinions in the Bitcoin community and outside of the Bitcoin community. Some believe it's, uh, you know, the proof that Bitcoin's won, you know, 
and others say it's you know a type of capture by institutions and banks. What are we to think about these ETFs for Bitcoin? I think it's a good um, good thing for Bitcoin just to have give more people access, the ability to um, acquire um, this new asset class. So um, it will lead to more inflow of capital into the Bitcoin and crypto ecosystem. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing overall. Noted, noted. Uh, so back to Litecoin, I think we'll just kind of focus more on Litecoin now through the end of the show, but I appreciate your thoughts on Bitcoin as an early Bitcoiner and as someone notable in, in the crypto sphere uh, for many years now. Uh, so speaking of Litecoin, as we, as we read in the introduction, your Litecoin launched announcement introduced the analogy that Bitcoin is gold and Litecoin is silver, which I, by the way, I think was very early because that kind of Bitcoin digital gold, I feel at least in terms of media attention came way later. So it seems like you're very much a forerunner on that analogy. But can you unpack that analogy or that concept for us a little bit further? Litecoin as the silver to Bitcoin's gold. Yeah, so the idea is that um, back then when people were using both gold and silver as currency, you have gold coins and silver coins. Um, silver coins were just a lot easier to use, um, mainly because they're lower denomination and um, they weigh less, right? So it's not um, it's not very heavy. So it's it's easier to use, easier to store. Um, and how that translates to Bitcoin Litecoin is that Litecoin is easier to use in terms of fees, right? So the fees are less um, and it's faster to send. Um, so you get you get one confirmation a lot faster than Bitcoin. So I mean, security aside, right? So Bitcoin confirmation is more secure than one Litecoin confirmation. But what's important is having that first confirmation because it's much harder to undo a transaction once you have one confirmation. So with Litecoin, all you have to do is wait two and a half minutes. With Bitcoin, it's four times longer. So just that that alone makes it um, easier to use and having low fees. So that's the that's how the analogy works. We're just um, using Litecoin is just much more. Um, it's much easier. Right? Yeah, you've considered them to be complementary versus competitive. Of course, you chose the S-Script mining algorithm versus SHA-256 with Litecoin. So from the beginning, you were a friend of Bitcoin, yet you offer an alternative that should work with it. That's the old school kind of approach. I still believe in it, absolutely. Some others don't. Um, but you've always wanted Litecoin to be friendly or hand-in-hand -hand relations uh, with Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't see them as... As competitors, I mean, Litecoin is is not um, really a threat to Bitcoin. Um, people use Litecoin more when um, Bitcoin fees are higher, um, and people use Bitcoin for for larger purchases where you you want the security, and you don't really care about the speed, right? So, like if you're buying a car, um, buying gold bars, for example, you send Bitcoin, and it it works, right? If you're buying coffee or something uh, cheaper or smaller amount in and in person, sending Litecoin is is much more um, easier. Yeah. Do you still believe this is um, the relationship between Litecoin and Bitcoin is on track with your initial kind of statement, the complementariness? 
Do you think anything's yeah. changed since you made that statement? No, not really. No, no. Um, game theory. You've you've referred to this before in different talks. Um, I personally don't. I'm, I'm not a student of game theory. I haven't read much about it. Um, but I'm curious. Uh, what is game theory? How do we view Bitcoin and Litecoin in terms of game game theory? Can you kind of give us a game theory 101? Mm, game theory 101. I actually did take a game theory course in in college. Um, so I think one of the let me try to remember one of the most famous example of game theory is is something called the prisoner's dilemma. Um, trying to remember what the situation is. It's basically um, two two criminals were caught. Um, and the question is whether or not they're going to turn on each other, right? If they both claim to, um, if they both claim that they didn't do anything, they will get prison sentences of, um, let's say like five years, right? But if one person turn on, turns on the other, then he gets a lighter sentence, but the, the person who got turned on gets a much longer sentence of like 10 years, right? So it's like, let's say he gets two years versus five and the other person gets 10 years. But they both turn on each other, then they both get prison sentences of like seven years, right? So the question is, what do you do in that situation, right? Um, is it better to kind of not say anything and then get five years or does is it better for you to turn on your your partner mm -hmm. um so that's like it's like a game right it's, that's what the game theory is about where there's no um there's like an sometimes there's like an optimal solution um the optimal solution would be for them to not say anything but then if someone says something it's not it's not a stable solution where if someone says turns on the other then they um they get, you get to a different uh, result. So there's a lot of game theory kind of games, and this is one of the most um, common ones, one of the classic ones. Um, and how that applies to to Bitcoin is um, the idea that miners are incentivized to mine um, honestly, right? They're not they're because they get rewarded for um, for mining. And that reward is, and because they have, um, they put in capital for for the mining equipment, let's say. So it's not, they if they attack the network, they would hurt the Bitcoin that they're mining, mm -hmm. right? So they will make less money and it will make them um, lose out. So it makes very little sense for miners to attack the network. So the game theory around Bitcoin is that, um, it works because all the miners, all the participants are incentivized to do the right thing, which in the end helps Bitcoin um, become more secure and helps Bitcoin succeed. So that's how Bitcoin uses game theory to to kind of um, make the whole system work. Okay, notice. So it has to do with incentives and, and different rules yeah. and human behavior based upon the rule set, which would, of course, be the Bitcoin code. Uh, Litecoin's biggest upgrade was in 2022. Uh, it was with the the addition of Mimblewimble extension blocks, uh, or MWeb, for more confidential transactions. I believe it was approximately four years between kind of uh, your exploration and the realization of that fungibility option for Litecoin. Um, can you reflect on the development of MWeb and bringing on, for example, David Burkett to lead 
lead that initiative for Litecoin? Yeah, let me go back a little bit to explain the situation. So one of the, when I first discovered Bitcoin, one of the things that Bitcoin is like perfect form of money, except for a few areas. And one of the main areas is that it doesn't have um, full um, fungibility and and privacy. So because Bitcoin is a kind of a public decentralized um, blockchain, everything is, all the transactions are, are out and open, right? So they're all public and for good reason, right? You can, anyone can look at the blockchain and ensure that everything is, is fine, right? There's not, no, what's important is that money is not created out of thin air, right? If I, if there's a transaction where I send 10 coins, you receive 10 coins, then everything is good. But if there's a transaction where I send 10 coins and you receive 100, then somehow 90 coins was were created out of thin air, right, from that transaction, then that that's bad, right? We don't want a system where that can happen. Mm -hmm. So having everything in the public, in the open, everyone can check to ensure that there's nothing, no shady business going on. Um, but the downside of that is that it makes Bitcoin transactions not fungible because, the, because of like the, the history of where the coin has been. So one specific example is, let's say you <clears throat> use, um, you got, you made money from a darknet marketplace, right? Let's say you sold drugs or whatever, and then you take that coin and you send it to, to Coinbase. Coinbase will be able to see that that coin came from a darknet marketplace. They don't, they wouldn't know what you did with it, but because of just the fact that they have to follow regulation, they would have to close down your account. Um, just because the coins um, is tracked to a darknet marketplace. And that makes the coin not fungible, right? It's as if you go to a store and you spend $20 bill and that $20 bill is is linked to um, some crime, right? The store can easily say, like, I won't accept your money because it's, it's not good. Um, of course, the US dollars also have zero numbers on it, but it's not that easy to kind of link everything together. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Bitcoin, it's, it's quite simple. So um, that makes it not fungible. So that's one thing I wanted to kind of fix or improve with Litecoin. And MWeb adds um, a little bit more privacy and more uh, fungibility to, to Litecoin. By first, one of the major things that makes, um, if you're using MWeb, it makes the amount that you're sending um, hidden so that only the sender and receiver knows how much was sent. And that's kind of important for, for money. Like if I, if I got paid um, for my work or I'm sending someone money, I don't want the whole world to know that how much I sent, right? Um, so having that hidden, but what's important is using cryptography, you can still prove that I didn't create money out of thin air, and which is the most important thing, right? So even though an external party can't see how much money I sent you, they can still prove that I did not create money out of thin air. Like I sent you X amount and you got X amount. And that's that's what's so special about, so cool about confidential transaction and, and MWeb using that. Yeah, it's, it's sort of uh, solving the radical transparency as, as some have referred to uh, the open clear blockchain as, as Bitcoin and Litecoin are. Litecoin still is radically transparent unless you mm -hmm. use NWeb. 
Um, and there's kind of advantages to either side. Also with the whole um, kind of tainting or or the history that carries each transaction. Some of the past few years we're talking about maybe a green Bitcoin versus a, a non-green Bitcoin. I think there's a lot of things you can do to really take advantage of things. And I don't think it's really the best um, to look into dividing Bitcoins via its history, but it's part of the story, at least for Bitcoin mm -hmm. on, on layer one. Uh, but thankfully Litecoin now has that solution. It's been over a year. So, um, uh, very, very good. I, I know it looks like um, we're getting close to a, a mobile rollout too. I've, I've seen some recent tweets. So I was going to ask you, do we expect to see that functioning on wallets in 2024, MWeb support on wallets? Meaning right now we have to use Litecoin Core to use MWeb. Um, and it works great, by the way. Another reason to run a node is you also get MWeb. But I know a lot of people use mobile devices. So are, are we getting close? Do you know anything about how soon we may see uh, functioning MWeb transactions on light clients or mobile devices? Yeah, um, team is working hard on it. Um, and I think, I do think that we'll get something um, rolled out in 2020, in this year. Um, I don't want to make any promises on how soon that is, um, but um, we're working hard on it and I expect to see something this year. Yeah, so that it's that's a huge step. It's it's taking too long, I would say, to get this out on, on mobile. Um, but we're we're a small team. I mean, we're um, nonprofit. We don't have we have a very small operating budget. Um, and for better or worse, because of the fair launch, we don't have like millions of Litecoins just sitting there from from a pre mine, and we can't just print money out of thin air and to give ourselves so. We run off our nonprofit runs off of donation for the most part. Uh, we make a little bit of money from from our store, um, and also like the our partnership with um, with ballet. We made a um, a Litecoin block, a silver card ballet silver card Litecoin block with um, six point two five Litecoins on that. That's mined straight from the from a pool, and we're we're selling that and we're making some profit off of that. So if you want to support um, Litecoin Foundation and our work, you can go purchase a, a Litecoin block. Um, yeah, so just go to like greatcollections.com and you can find it. Um, that side, it's yeah, so we, yeah, with our, with our small operating budget, we do the best we can um, to, to get this out. So hopefully we'll, you will see us soon and be able to run MWeb on LightWallet. And because of that, I expect to see a lot more adoption of MWeb. Right now, like you said, we can only um, use MWeb on Litecoin Core, and we're already seeing um, over millions of dollars of Litecoin stored in in MWeb, and I expect that to grow um, substantially once MWeb is uh, available on mobile wallets like Light Wallet. Yeah, I think so too. Um, as much as I prefer to use, let's say, desktop-based cryptocurrency for storage and security. You know, mobile is part of the world. You know, everybody has a, a phone in their pocket. Some may only be operating, maybe the new, newer folks to, you know, cryptocurrencies. Litecoin might only begin on a mobile device. So I, I do think it's important to be there. And I know Stack Wallet, we had um, Diego on our show in the past. He was very uh, enthusiastic about MWeb because they're very privacy focused in their wallet. So I think after it's launched and the code's out, you know, we'll, we'll see several others pick it up too. Um, 
So that's exciting, really exciting stuff there. Um, big fan of MWeb. OmniLight is another one. Uh, kind of OmniLight, the second layer protocol on Litecoin was released kind of out of the blue in 2021. Uh, ordinals reported to Litecoin just about a year ago. And already there are more than 20 million ordinal inscri inscriptions on Litecoin, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, I think that's one third of the amount uh, compared to the Bitcoin ordinals uh, as of yesterday. Um, these are newer technologies. Uh, let's say te technologies on Litecoin or use cases on Litecoin beyond the sound <coughs> money factor, which we've been discussing, Litecoin as a money. So, um, your thoughts on OmniLight or ordinals? Do you have any opinions on these kind of peripheral uses of Litecoin? Um, I mean, that's a, that's the beauty of of decentralized kind of application where people can build whatever they want on top of it, right? So, I I encourage people to experiment on on Litecoin, um, and I think it's it's great development of of the ecosystem to have stuff like OmniLight and Ordinals on top of Litecoin. Um, and there's there's a lot more different use cases. Like a few years ago, there was a game that was running on, on top of Litecoin called, um, if I remember correctly, it was called like Lightbringer. Lightbringer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I played that game quite a bit back then. It was, it was pretty cool where every Litecoin um, block would um introduce new things where like you can send someone on a quest and it would take like 100 blocks right which would take around 250 minutes so you come back in 250 minutes or whatever what is it like six six plus hours and he would have completed the quest and earned some reward or whatever based off of some randomness on the um on the blocks right the hash of the block could could create um could decide what kind of rewards you get so all that is really cool to have something running on Litecoin that's that's public, um, and you can, yeah. So having like game state stored on Litecoin, it's all that all that is very cool stuff. Indeed, I'm going to kind of reverse on that statement, and uh, I think there's a tendency in crypto or the crypto echo chambers uh, for novelty. We kind of chase novelty. You know, what's new, what's different. Let's focus on these things. Um, this is especially true on platforms like X. That's where a lot of our content is. I know you're on X. Um, of course, Litecoin development should be celebrated and has been celebrated, especially with things like MWeb, which you just discussed. But are you ever, con are you ever concerned with, um, for a lack of better language, hype chasing on Litecoin? Um, you stated something along the lines in the past that sound money is boring and boring is good. Um, well, you can't prevent people from hype chasing, right? It's not, it's kind of human nature to, to, to do that. Um, and so the good thing about, about Litecoin and even Bitcoin is that the base layer, like the, the basic use case is sound money, right? And there's, and that's very, um, very safe, very secure and, and it just works, right? So that's the important thing. You can always build stuff on top of that, and because of the the strength of the how solid the the base layer is, um, things would would work fine, right? So, um, so yeah, so the the base layer of sound money is is boring, and you want it to be boring, right? You don't want it. You don't want to introduce like drastic changes to how things work um, every six months. Um, you don't want to do like a hard fork every six months to change 
change things because that introduces um, uh, lots potentially issues, right? You don't want you, you have coins like I don't want to name any names, but there's a lot of new coins out there where um, things don't work, things break down, developers make changes, um, they they add new upgrades that that fail, um, the blockchain stops, things like that. It's not good when you're when you're um, when you want sound money, when you want people to be able to spend Litecoin, you don't want all of a sudden, oh, it's not working today, come back tomorrow. Like you don't want to say that your money's not working today, right? So that's something that I kind of focused on, right? To just make sure that things work. And amazingly, Litecoin has been up and running for since the beginning, right? For 12 plus years straight and hasn't had any downtime. So that's, that's amazing. Um, and because of that, it's also quite boring. It's it's not, yeah. And you you want it to be boring. I like boring one hundred percent uptime. So I think that's a great attribute of Litecoin. Um, Bitcoin, of course, has a great great uh, record, but it's like ninety nine point nine eight or something like this. Not technically one hundred percent. Well, to be specific, Bitcoin kind of kind of went down when there was an issue with the bug with a, a bug in the bug. code base where. Um, uh, like the database issue where it's, things are not stored correctly um, and they quickly fixed it and kind of it's not really rolled back but they kind of started from so they kind of paused for a little bit mm -hmm. because all the pools had to get together and run go back to the old code that worked and run that um, and Litecoin just luckily did not have that problem because I think we haven't kind of updated to the to the latest software to the Bitcoin code yet. So we kind of lucked out. But oh, it's it's time. something that yeah that um that could happen, right? It's not humans aren't aren't infallible. So um we can easily introduce something in the future where it could cause issues. But um but yeah, but that's why we want to be more careful. And that's also why Bitcoin is so resistant to change. Mm -hmm. Like people want to like soft fork this in, soft fork that in. And for the most part, Bitcoin, um, the community is resistant to major changes unless like you need it. Because any any change, no matter how small, can introduce uh, a bug that could cause big problems. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was an advantage of Litecoin because Litecoin core development does tend to follow Bitcoin core development, but they were able to kind of snip that out before the update. So, and that yeah, was, that was sense, years ago. In some sense, Bitcoin, is a test net for Litecoin because we were like a step behind in terms of getting the latest Bitcoin update. Yeah. Um, so it works both ways. It works both ways. Do you do you see them adopting MWeb? Do you do you at all see that on Bitcoin's radar in any form? Any discussion of an MWeb for Bitcoin layer layer one or as an extension block? I don't think so, and I don't expect it because MWeb is such a big change. Um, it would be pretty drastic for Bitcoin to make such a big change. And also one reason why um, Litecoin is a good complement, where Litecoin is more nimble and can make bigger changes like this. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I don't expect this to happen on Bitcoin, um, but it's it's good test to, to really see MWeb, or specifically like confidential transactions and Mimblewimble in, in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
I, I don't foresee them. It seems like Bitcoin is harder and harder to change. Um, I don't think it's going to get simpler going forward. <laughs> um, and that's arguably a thing. It's what? Arguably a good thing a good for thing. Bitcoin to not to it's, not change. It's hardening. I know there's a lot of voices around that. You know, you know, are we ossifying? You know, you know, yeah. Are we innovating anymore? But uh, it functioning as it should be is not changing. And and the less you change it, the fewer you know opportunity for error you have. So um, I want to talk about uh, Litecoin as a currency. Uh, I know years ago, I have this book on my shelf back there called Litecoin, the Cryptocurrency <laughs> for Payments by eCurrency Hodler. Um, several years old now, but I still think it's kind of a foundational piece. And and I think that's really being realized now. Um, Litecoin as a currency, um, in terms of BitPay statistics, um, it's been number one on the platform for, for multiple months. I think it's over the course of the past six months immediately, uh, it's still number one, Bitcoin number two. Um, did you ever suspect to see this? And um, what was it like? There are two different things. Did you ever uh, expect to see that? And and what was it like getting Litecoin actually on BitPay? Because I heard that was initially uh, very difficult. Um, yeah. Let me, when you mentioned BitPay, mm -hmm. um, I just looked up the, the stats, the BitPay stats, uh -huh. and the January stats just came out, mm -hmm. and Litecoin is still um, ahead of Bitcoin. So, this is like the number of transactions BitPay people pay on BitPay use. Correct. Yeah. In Litecoin, December it was like thirty-eight percent versus twenty-three percent Bitcoin, and in January it's thirty. It's still thirty-eight percent versus twenty-three percent Bitcoin. So Litecoin's still like in the lead in terms of number of people using it to pay on to pay with BitPay, which is one of the largest cryptocurrency like payment platforms. Um, yeah. So. Back then, um, so I, I, this is kind of totally unexpected. I did not expect Litecoin to overtake Bitcoin um, in payments on, on BitPay. I mean, possibly like eventually, but not like this soon, right? Mm -hmm. um, we we worked with BitPay a few years ago. I mean, I've been talking to BitPay for, for years, right? ever since they started. Like yeah. I've been bugging them about adding Litecoin. Um, and the, initially, for good reasons, they didn't because Litecoin is so small and they focused on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But eventually, they started adding other altcoins like um, Ethereum, um, Bitcoin Cash, and even Dogecoin. Dogecoin, yeah. And I think that was even before Litecoin. So, <clears throat> so I talked to them again. I'm like, come on, like you, you're adding all these other coins. You're not adding Litecoin, one of the oldest and more, most popular like altcoins. And they eventually like agreed to add it. And once they added it, it was pretty clear that um, people were using Litecoin a lot more than these other coins. And the Litecoin percentage just went up and up and up and kind of was neck to neck with Bitcoin for a while. And then one, one month it overtook Bitcoin. This was like a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And Bitcoin took back the lead. And then last month, Litecoin took a huge jump forward. Um, and it stayed this way for, for January also. So it's pretty it's pretty amazing that that happened. Yeah, we're glad to have it on BitPay. So thank you, BitPay, for adding Litecoin for all of those that uh, use Litecoin. Uh, What's I, funny? I, with I think the, it's amazing. With the pays, um, are they going to are they going to rebrand? What's that? 
Are they going to rebrand to LitPay? <laughs> no, I was I was saying what's funny with um with BitPay's um stats page is that they they hard coded um the number one coin with the color orange mm -hmm. and the and Litecoin with silver. And what happened is when Litecoin overtook Bitcoin, Litecoin's like line became gold and Bitcoin became silver. Wow. Just because they hard coded, they didn't they did not expect the stats page, whoever coded out the stats page did not expect Bitcoin to ever be overtaken. So they just made the number one coin gold. And it, then they recently fixed it so that Litecoin is silver again, but it's yeah. still number one. Yeah, very good. That's You can enjoy those screenshots for as long as they lasted. So <laughs> <laughs> what what is your vision for scaling on Litecoin now versus five years ago? Are we still betting on atomic swaps? Is, is Lightning still in the cards? Um, what does the future of scaling look like for Litecoin? Lightning has been kind of a, a disappointment. Um, it hasn't kind of moved as fast as people have hoped. Still kind of hard to use. Um, I still think that atomic swaps with Lightning or um, atomic swaps in general is is a good, what will happen, um, that people would use it more. That hasn't kind of played out yet, um, but people are still working on it. I think it's gonna it's gonna progress, and I do I do see that as a as a good future where people can easily swap between um, let's say Bitcoin and Litecoin. Um, so you can send Bitcoin, and the recipient can receive Litecoin, and vice versa. I think that would be very useful, um, but it's 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 slow. We gotta wait for it. So it's been talked about for a long time. So maybe we still see something you mentioned it's being worked on. That's good news. I, I don't know very yeah. much that's happening in I mean, that regard. I mean, it works, right? I mean, I can still do atomic swaps between Bitcoin and Litecoin using using some um, some tools, mm -hmm. but it's not it's not easy for people to do. Right? It's not something that anyone can do. So that's that's something that needs to be worked on and, and fixed. The user experience will improve. I know um, Litecoin was first activated on Litecoin, did I say lightning? Lightning on Light, Litecoin, lightning, not, not yeah. Litecoin on Litecoin, lightning on Litecoin. Um, so we have it, It's it's been around. I tried to kind of do a little Raspi Blitz node for a little while and just kind of tinker with it. Um, I know Plasma was something that was discussed at one point for a Litecoin mobile wallet. I'm not sure what the status of, of that is uh, these days. So we do have it. Um, even David Burkett mentioned you could put MWeb channels on top of Lightning. So there's a lot that could be developed along these lines that just haven't at all. So I guess if we need it in the future, we can, someone will build it and we will use it. So more will be revealed there. Um, can we talk about the Litecoin Foundation? Yeah. Just a Give me one second. Let me take off my headset. Sure. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. All good. Okay, very good. So we'll just kind of end on this for my portion, then we could move to the questions from the community. But I did want to uh, kind of bring up the foundation. Um, that's kind of where you've directed your efforts for the past few years. Um, so the Litecoin Foundation has existed um, to promote Litecoin adoption. Um, where are these efforts taking place now? Um, is there anything you can share along the lines of what the foundation is doing to prioritize furthering Litecoin adoptions, let's say in 2024 or 2025? Um, <clears throat> so one of the 
goals of the Litecoin Foundation, well, there are a few things, right? We work on kind of promoting Litecoin, cryptocurrency in general, um, also work on the development of Litecoin um, and like pushing for adoption, right? So we work on the, like MWeb is one of the big things we're working on. The mobile wallet, Light Wallet is another big thing we're working on. Having people to easily be able to, to use Litecoin on their cell phone is important. So we spend a lot of efforts on that. And having MWeb on on Light Wallet is a huge thing that we're working on, right? To to push for that. And then um, other things we work on is just um, uh, just getting uh, like conferences, right? So we we do a Litecoin Summit uh, every year, or we try to, right? So um, this year's summit would be um, is in uh, Nashville. So if you go to, let's say, is it litecoin.net slash summit? Yeah, if you go to litecoin.net slash summit, you'll get all the details about the Litecoin summit this year. Um, it's in July 24 to 25 in Nashville. Um, hope to see you guys there. And um, last year, we also partnered with um, ETC Cooperative on the um, Proof of Work Summit. That's, that's a huge success. I wasn't able to attend. Um, in person, but I hope to attend the next one. So that's kind of pushing for um, education awareness of just uh, all the proof of work coins mm -hmm. and Litecoin and, um, and Ethereum Classic being two of the major ones. Well, I mean, obviously, Bitcoin is also a huge <laughs> proof of work coin, but we think that proof of work is one of the the most innovative thing of of cryptocurrency, and it's what makes it um, decentralized. Um, so yeah, so that those are the major things we're working on, just awareness, adoption, and development of Litecoin. Very good. I, I'm looking forward to the summit this year in Nashville. Um, I know last year it was on the sea. This year it's back on the land. Um, I know in the but last year, it, yeah, I mean, we had a Litecoin, uh, Litecoin cruise on okay. there, on the sea. It's not, it's kind of a, it's kind of a half summit. Okay. Um, but this year we're doing a full Litecoin summit. Um, we're we're purposely putting it next to the the Bitcoin um, conference in Nashville, hoping to um, get some of the spillover um, Bitcoin conference attendees, and we're pricing it very very um, uh, I wouldn't say cheap, but it's 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 def it's it's definitely um, uh, affordable. It's only eighty four dollars uh, a ticket. Um, so yeah, hopefully hope, we'll get more people going to the Likewise Summit this year. I hope so too. And yes, a very reasonable price, uh, pay with fiat or pay with, with uh, Litecoin. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. That, that should be good. Um, yeah, the summit, I, I'm sorry, the foundation also, um, I know recently assisted with the creation of the light dot space, which has been pretty exciting too, with crowdfunding for Litecoin. And I know uh, there's been some bounties and things for MWeb development. And so there's a lot of things that are happening through the foundation that are pretty, pretty great uh, for Litecoin. So thanks for commenting on that. Uh, I, I want yeah, to. The, the light space um, thing is, is very cool. Um, yeah. So the, the website is light, lite.space. Um, it's a, it's a crowdfunding platform where um, people can put money where they want kind of vote on 
effectively vote on what they want to see happen in Litecoin space. And since since we're uh, our budget is limited and we may not make the right decision on where to kind of put our resources to. So having the crowd kind of be able to contribute to specific project is, is great. I mean, even with like the with MWeb, we saw a huge support of donation to 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 the MWeb, the confidential transaction fund that um, that lead to us being able to pay David Burkett for for a few years now um, salary. I've included those actually in all of our show notes uh, since the beginning. Are you still matching those? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still matching every. I mean, I'm doing it every few months at a time. Mm -hmm. um, I just sent a matching um, a donation uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, the thing is, like, whenever people donate, they're forcing me to buy Litecoin to donate because I don't have a lot of Litecoins uh, myself, mm -hmm. as we all know, for better or worse. Um, but yeah, so every time I need to make a big donation, I kind of have to go to the exchange to buy Litecoin. So how can people support the foundation? Come to the summit, buy a ticket for a friend. Do you take donations directly? Of course, we just talked about those addresses. We do take donations directly on, on our website, uh, litecoin.net. Um, definitely come to the come to the summit, um, buy some Litecoin blocks at great collections. That would, that would help us a lot also. And uh, go to Litecoin space and donate to um, to projects that you want to support. Um, I mean, that that just helps Litecoin. So, so yeah. You're here. Very good, very good. We'll move into the, the, the question and answer from the community and then we'll land the plane on this, Charlie. So, yep. uh, very good. So this question is from Eric Bowman. He says, if Bitcoin were never invented and you never created Litecoin, what would you be working on? I'd probably still be working at Google. Um, Google is a, that's funny. I just said Google and my Google, um, <laughs> home just beat at me. Once you're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll probably still be working there on, on something cool. I think it's, it's a great company. It's, it's just doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, unfortunately they're not really doing anything cryptocurrency related and that's one of the reasons why I left. Very good. Uh, this next question comes from Joel Valenzuela. He says, Litecoin remains cheap today because it's not at capacity. And although MWeb does decrease the blockchain storage size, it actually increases resource requirements for nodes over traditional Litecoin. What is your position on increasing the block size, either main chain or MWeb or both, if Litecoin reaches its capacity limits? So MWeb, when we launched MWeb, we actually effectively doubled the block size um because mweb is its own extension block so it added extra space um and it's it's a trade-off right it's not it's kind of hard to know what's the perfect amount of um block space to have per block because um the trade-off is the the larger the space the more the more resource it takes to to validate a block the harder it is for someone to run a node Right. And if people don't run nodes, then we have concentration of nodes to on the bigger players or people or the wealthy players or the miners. And then um, it becomes less decentralized and more centralized. It makes it much easier for 
let's say only like the data centers run nodes or only the big miners run nodes, then it makes it very easy for someone to attack it or for a government to go shut down the data centers or to force the data centers to stop running Litecoin nodes or to force them to run a different node that changes Litecoin, right? So you want regular people to be able to run nodes and having that enforces decentralization and makes it much harder for anyone to attack it and change Litecoin. So it's a trade-off, right? The more and a more a smaller block space makes it harder to makes it more expensive. If everyone is sending Litecoin transactions, makes it more expensive. And that's what we're seeing in Bitcoin, right? Fees can be dollar a few dollars to like twenty dollars sometimes. And and Bitcoin has chose to to stay this way because it's more important for people to be able to run nodes than it is for lower fees on the on the base chain. And for Litecoin, we had to make the same kind of trade-off decision when the time comes. Noted. Next question comes from Why Litecoin. Uh, the community has been quite negative since LTC BTC broke to new all-time lows. Based on recent trends and increasing network activity on Litecoin, active addresses, total transactions, uh, total value sent on chain, etc., it seems as though this should reverse soon. Would you be surprised if we saw a new all-time high in the LTC BTC pair in the next bull market? Would I be surprised that happens? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could easily happen on the, in the next bull market. I'm very surprised how how low it has gotten. Um, I mean, given how useful Litecoin, like the the metrics that we've been seeing the past few years, the metrics are are pretty amazing. I mean, just look at the BitPay stats, just look at the on-chain transactions and and the addresses, and it's it's kind of what we are we've hoped for, right? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of price, who knows why it is where it is, and we have kind of we have zero control over it. Um, maybe over time, people would see the value of of Litecoin. I mean, people do use Litecoin a lot. I talked to tons of people who who use Litecoin to buy stuff, and it's just very useful as a currency. And you can arguably arguably say that the price doesn't matter um, because having actually having a stable price is actually better for money. You don't want your money to be all of a sudden worth a lot more, all of a sudden worth a lot less, having the, the price move up and down too much. Um, but having a higher price is is good for Litecoin in terms of getting just more awareness, right? When the price is high, people, more people would um, be aware of it and people would talk about it and that leads to more awareness and more usage. So we do want that because we want to get more people to actually use Litecoin and see how, how good it is as, as a form of payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shall see what 2024 brings and uh, the halving's coming soon in Bitcoin. Um, so it should be an interesting year. Um, I remember 2017 was pretty wild, but anyway, that's me, not these questions. I'll stick with it. Um, let's see, Coffee Catcher, he says, are you concerned that a Litecoin ETF could pave the way for institutions to negatively impact Litecoin's future? Um, no. I'm not concerned about that at all. Just like I'm, I don't think Bitcoin ETF is gonna have con like institutions causing problems with Bitcoin development. I don't see that happening with Litecoin either. But also, 
want to say that I personally don't see a Litecoin ETF that soon. Um, give it a few more years. I think, I mean, Litecoin, the Litecoin is much smaller than Bitcoin. Uh, so the, you really need people, the demand to be there for, for an ETF to, to make sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it will happen sooner or later, but I'm not kind of holding my breath for Litecoin ETF. Yeah, in the United States, at least. I've heard there may be some ETF-like instrument in Europe for Litecoin, or one of them has a bit of it. I don't know. I know there's LTCN, which is mm -hmm. the Grayscale, but and that's available yeah. in the U.S., but that's really the I only mean, it's, thing. It's very possible Grayscale may want to turn LTCN into an ETF, just like um, they did with Bitcoin. So that would be one way for Litecoin to get an ETF. Mm -hmm. um, and that may, may, well, may well happen. Um, because maybe Grayscale wants people to be able to cash out of the LTCN. Um, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. it's not something that I'm thinking about at all or even like working on or helping to make happen. Okay. Um, we've got a question from Eric D. He says, we hear a lot about fair market value and I'm curious to get your Charlie's thoughts on uh, what do you think of the Litecoin price? Is it suppressed? Uh, if it is being suppressed, who's doing the suppressing? Uh, and the second point, are there any crypto projects that you admire or use outside of Litecoin? So kind of two questions from him. Uh, yeah, so I mean, all this thing about price suppression, I think is just, is conspiracy theory. I don't subscribe to any of this conspiracy theory. There's no one suppressing the price of, well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't. There's no incentive to suppress the price of Litecoin. I don't think anyone's suppressing the price of Bitcoin. Um, markets just function the way like it's, it's chaotic, right? You put millions of people into the market. They all have different ideas, and they buy and sell accordingly, and how the price the price reacts according to millions of participants, right? So. It's it's very chaotic and the price could be low, but that, that doesn't mean there's someone suppressing it. It's just it is what it is. Um, yeah, and the explanation I have for why Litecoin prices is kind of underperforming is because of the fact that Litecoin is boring, right? We're not um, we're not doing all this like crazy stuff on on top of Litecoin, and we're not out there um, promising like the world to people. Right. Mm -hmm. And also because um, because it's it's a decentralized commodity, right? It's not it's not a security. There's no company behind it that's has like a billion dollar capital that's kind of promoting it and pushing it. So for better or worse, it is what it is. And over time, I think it will it will do well. But short term, it's not it's underperforming right now. Indeed. Any other projects outside of Litecoin that interest you or you think have any merit right now? Of course, Bitcoin. I think you're a Bitcoiner. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure, Bitcoin. Um, I think Ethereum is always interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do every now and then dabble with Ethereum, um, smart contracts and NFTs and such. Um, but other than that, I don't really like play around with any other cryptos that much. Okay. What about Doge? Anything with Doge? I know the merge mind, you know, 
hand in hand uh, friend of Litecoin. <laughs> yeah, I not. I mean, I don't. I'm not in. I'm not like um, in the know with what what Dogecoin is doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they're the coin is the price is doing really well. Mm -hmm. um, it's more the development is more active today than than a while back. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 cool. I've always said like Dogecoin is a cool. It's like a, a gateway cryptocurrency. Gets people in, right? Gets people who are not tech savvy um, into cryptocurrency. They play around with Dogecoin first, and then they then they hear about Bitcoin and Litecoin, and kind of that's how you get people hooked into hooked on cryptocurrency. There we go. And uh, we have the last question here of the the community questions. This is from John Ez. He says. How have you seen the crypto community evolve since the early days of Litecoin? And what has been the most surprising aspect of this evolution? Mm. I guess, um, how has it evolved? I mean, same same with like Bitcoin initially, right? So Litecoin initially the cryptocurrency, the the supporters of Litecoin were miners, right? They go hand in hand. And that's one of the reasons why Litecoin why Litecoin succeeded, where um because people who mine Litecoin have an incentive to to kind of push for adoption, to get the word out there about Litecoin because they're they're create they're make they're earning Litecoin, right? So Having your user base also earning the coin is important, in, at least initially, right? So your your uh, adopters are really out there pushing for for adoption. Your supporters are out there pushing for adoption, um, and that helped Litecoin succeed. But these days, um, miners are are separate, right? People who who mine Litecoin are very different from people who are actually using it. Right. Of course, the miners will also use Litecoin, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of like the big miners, the mining farms. Um, they're they're making a living, making earning Litecoins. Right. They're different from the people, so that kind of has changed over time. Um, so that's very kind of interesting how how things have evolved over time. Once the the GPUs and the ASICs started mining Litecoin, that's when things have changed. Um, yeah. What's the second part of the question? I think he, he asked what was the most surprising aspect of the evolution? Most surprising aspect, I guess the most surprising aspect is that Litecoin is still around after, after 12, 13 years. Kind of, I launched it kind of for fun, um, didn't expect much of it. Um, and this is due to the brilliance of, of Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, the, the, the kind of the base of cryptocurrency that Litecoin is based off of is just um, resilient, right? It's a, and because of game theory, right? It just works and it. It's kind of, it's almost like alive in a sense where it just, it would just go on forever, right? Unless something, unless people lose interest, mm -hmm. right? And even if people lose interest, you can still, you'll still have like one or two people still running the code that would keep the blockchain going on forever. Um, and yeah, if people lose interest, people stop mining it, then it becomes easier to mine, 
right? Right now, and then if everyone loses interest, then it becomes like CPU mineable again. Mm -hmm. So the the whole thing, the whole like design is just amazing, right? It just it just works and it will work. It will just live on forever. And and that's yeah, that's just what's surprising that it was just it's still going on after 12, 13 years. And in terms of the last Litecoin being mined, it's allegedly 2142 approximately. So we'll find out. I don't think any of us are going to be here for that, but uh, would be amazing. Who knows? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, Charlie, that's it for the Q&A. That's it from what I had written down. I really appreciate you taking time and coming on the 84 Million Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Um, again, just if you're not already following Charlie already, he's on Twitter at or X at Satoshi Light. Of course, follow the like. I, I refuse to call too. it X. I'm still calling it Twitter. <laughs> me, me too. It's very hard to unglue my tongue on that one. So yeah, maybe they need to rebrand and go back to Twitter again. Who knows? But we appreciate you for coming. Did you have any last words on the show? Um, yeah. I mean, just want to thank everyone for supporting Litecoin. Um, just Litecoin wouldn't be here today without people like supporting using Litecoin. Um, I would say, yeah, I urge you both to go out and actually use it. A lot, we have a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of people actually are invested in Litecoin, right? They just, they buy it as an investment, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's good, but that's also kind of the wrong way to think about Litecoin. I think Litecoin is more of something where it's a kind of a saving, right? You you buy it to kind of save your save your your wealth and actually to as money where you actually spend. So if you think about it that way, you would be less disappointed that it's not going up in price against U.S. dollar as much, mm -hmm. right? You just it's just money where it's the value is stable. You store your wealth and you can easily use it. Okay, very good. Well, with that, sir, we'll let you go. Um, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. If you can find, uh, well, you can find us on anywhere you can stream a podcast. Of course, you can go to 84million.com slash podcast, and you'll see this uh, episode as well as previous episodes, as well as some, some video as well of the show. So again, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.